Welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 49 of the Life Right Here podcast. I can't believe we'll make it to 50 episodes before the end of the year. It should have come up sooner and had I been recording a podcast every week, it would have, but I don't know about you, but the last couple of months this year have been a bit heavy and I've had to take a little more time with things. Producing a podcast every week was very ambitious and I'm proud to say I've mostly stuck to that schedule, but we always have a choice, don't we, to slow down a little and I've taken that choice this past couple of months, but I really wanted to reach 50 (laughs) by the end of this year and we will do that next week with the final episode of the year being a celebratory interview of me. (laughs) My friend Kate really kindly offered up her time to interview me for the podcast and it's a casual but candid chat in her garden that I do encourage you to listen to. If you're at all curious about life behind the scenes, (laughs) my journey into yoga and even what I was like as a teenager. And thank you to those who sent such great questions in. I really loved the chat and I will release that early next week. But for now, episode 49, let your body decide. This episode has been inspired by a couple of things really, but mostly a book by Dr. Claudia Welsh, whose teachings on Ayurveda I love particularly her book, Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life, which for those of you who are into Ayurveda might actually think, shouldn't it be called Balance Your Life, Balance Your Hormones? And I've actually heard an interview with Dr. Welsh because I thought that (laughs) about the title, but she explains in this interview that it was her publishers that pushed her to call it that. They knew it would capture people's attention more. She'd prefer the title the other way around as bringing balance to your life first is what Ayurveda is all about. But anyway, that's an aside. I (laughs) go to her book often and on this particular occasion last week, I was interested in her thoughts and strategies for coping during perimenopause. Uh, This year, I've probably mentioned before, (laughs) I've entered this territory and I'm just taking time to reflect on how I want to approach it because it's knocked me sideways a little bit at times. I've been reading and listening to many perspectives and really want to feel empowered during the process and confident that it's an essential and exciting transition rather than feeling like I'm just 
as I said, knocked sideways or at the mercy of just these swings and there's this unpredictability. I just want to move through it consciously. And so as I was finding the relevant parts of her book, I came across this line. Sometimes choices are better made by the body than by the mind. The body often gives us signals if we are choosing a path that is not in our highest good. I'll reread that. Sometimes choices are better made by the body than by the mind. The body often gives us signals if we are choosing a path that is not in our highest good. I might even change that quote to not just sometimes, <laughs> often. Choices are better made by the body. We're just not used to doing that. And whether you're in perimenopause or not, you might be a man. <laughs> this quote is relevant to you if you are living in a human body. Because we're not taught in this culture to treat the body as the messenger that it is. In fact, our mainstream medical system could be said to be based on covering over what the body is trying to tell us. And that's not to say that all medical practitioners are doing that. But when we think about the outcome, often, of visiting the doctor, it's to take a pill that relieves the symptoms without having to change anything about our life. Because that's much easier to take a pill than to change our lives. And I'm not against taking medication. Oh, I just knocked my microphone. <laughs> and I'm going to leave that in there. I'm going to edit it out because I'm going to put it closer to me. The sound might be different, but I feel like it's a bit far away. So if now I'm a bit louder, that's the reason. <laughs> just keeping it real. I was saying I'm not against taking medication. I've had to take medication on many occasions, particularly after having my daughter. I had postnatal depression and anxiety, and I had to take medication because I didn't have the resources to pull myself out of a deep, dark place. It can be life-saving, but working with the messages of the body alongside that is going to bring healing and trust. And yoga is a practice, ultimately, of listening to the body. You know, there's some spiritual traditions that kind of bypass the body. That's what I love about yoga. It's body-based because we all have a body. And I love this idea of letting our body make choices of tuning into the signals of the body to decide on our response, to choose our path. Sometimes we're not choosing our path. We're on a path, but maybe we didn't consciously choose it. We can always get off that path and take another path. But this process involves, in my experience, learning to trust what the body is telling us, to not second guess it. And I would predict 
that the number one message of the body for most of us in our current society is to slow down. I think it's also important to reflect on who or what am I allowing to influence decisions about my daily choices to move or not, to show up on my mat or not, to meditate or not, to eat well or not, to run myself ragged or not, to make space for myself or not. Who's having the greatest influence right now? The pace of our society, your boss, the organization you work for, your family or someone particular in your family and why do they get more say than you and your body? I've had to ask myself those questions (laughs) because I didn't know who set my pace. Are you trusting the rationalizations of your mind more than your body right now? And why is that? I think that that is fear of some sort or another when we dig deep enough into the why. We're conditioned from birth into certain modes of doing and accepting, of seeing and being, sometimes without questioning it or pushing back against it. These days, through my decades of yoga practice, I'm siding more and more with the wisdom of my body. My body knows what's best for me. No one else does. And as my favorite, (laughs) John O'Donoghue, or is it John O'Donoghue? There's arguments about that, I've found. (laughs) I'm not going into that. But he says the body doesn't lie. And I agree with him. And so in reflecting on this concept of allowing the body to contribute to our decision-making process in many ways, how we spend our free time, what we eat, what we watch, who we hang out with, who we work for or with. And we make so many decisions just each day that we could involve our body in but I wanted to share five ways that I'm currently working with this, trying to let my body contribute (laughs) to my life and my decisions. The first is creating space. Now, that space could be physically through a slow and deep physical yoga practice like yin yoga where poses are held for a longer time. And we are still in the poses with our breath. We can start creating space in the physical body to then create space in the mind. And I've found when my mind is not overwhelmed and taking precedence, I can really start to listen to my body. But this could also be space in your schedule. Say no to things particularly at this crazy time of year, go to bed earlier, switch off everything. (laughs) Just walk around in the dark, switch it all off and have some quiet time in your evening. 
You don't need to walk around in the dark. I'm just joking. But you know what I mean. And that sense of quiet time leads me to my second way that I'm trying to practice this. And that is silence and stillness. We really need to be honest with ourselves. How much time are we allowing to just do nothing? To be truly silent without listening to music or a guided meditation? And how often are we just sitting still and breathing? I would say to try one minute, one minute a day. Or add one minute to what you're currently allowing. Because more stillness brings greater clarity. And Dr. Welsh also says that when we listen to the body and respond accordingly, little step by little step, one minute, life's path becomes clearer, more simple. I know I'm not the only one who's craving simplicity. I've just actually today had a conversation with someone about that. And if you too are approaching or in perimenopause, this craving might be even stronger. It's a process of shedding, of letting go, of simplifying. And I know that when we ignore that calling, our symptoms intensify. And stillness and silence also support a connection to our intuition. That place in us that is still and all-knowing, and has the answer we're looking for. But the mind is louder, and so we listen more closely or get distracted by the mind. To listen to our body is to listen to our intuition. Number three, a couple of questions. Just tuning in each day to my body, breath, heart, and asking what is present and what do I need. You've likely heard that on here before. Having this self-compassion and adjusting what is needed day to day, week to week, helps to bring balance during unstable and fluctuating cycles. What is present? On any level. What do I need? We can adjust our movement to suit this, our food, our interactions, our rest. Really powerful questions. Which leads me to number four, rest. <laughs> All I'm going to say here is make time for it. And not resting on the couch watching TV. I mean true and nourishing rest. Yoga Nidra. Go to episode 19 if you want a guided practice of that. Uh, really allowing the body to physically rest and switching off from taking in more stimulus is medicine. I found when the physical body and nervous system are relaxed and settled, the true teachings of the body can be heard. And it's a nice time after a relaxation practice or rest to journal around what the body is telling you. 
in that rest and digest state, there is more clarity, I've found. And the final way that I'm trying to allow the body's voice to be heard is via movement. I've just found there's a dullness that comes to my body when I don't move enough. It feels like parts of me switch off or go to sleep. And I've had more time at the computer than ever before this year. And so this past month, I've recommitted to stronger movement, like weights, some cardio, as well as my yoga practice, and actually some more cold water immersion. I got a portable ice bath for my birthday, and I've just started using that. That really wakes the body up. When prana, our life force, the energy of our body, is encouraged to flow more freely, the body is nourished. But we can also tap into that innate intelligence that just seems to sharpen when I get the balance of movement and rest just right. So move in a way that your body loves, yoga, dance, hiking, surfing, swimming, weights, mountain biking, whatever it is, get out there and commit to it every morning. Schedule it in. And again, if you're doing no movement, don't commit to one hour every day. The daily part I like, but start with five or 10 minutes. Make it a routine and you can lengthen it from there. So a recap of those five ways that I'm trying to give my body a better chance at being heard and being a decision maker is create space, silence and stillness, asking what is present and what do I need, rest and movement. And you know what my body has been saying to me? <laughs> you are tired, Emma. <laughs> Make more space and rest more. And my mind is saying, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Surf more. Yes, I like that one. I'll do that, thanks. Allow things to come rather than striving too much. Keep life simple. Things in your outer world need to shift a little bit. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. But I know that's coming in 2024. It's also saying enjoy simple pleasures. And you've heard all these things from me before, but this is your end of year reminder. And from a slightly different perspective of your body helping you decide things. Life gets busy this time of year. Keep it simple. Go back to basics. And none of these things cost money. Isn't that the best? And they are all medicine. And so to finish, I just encourage you to take a quiet pause now or come back to this later if you're driving or something. Tune into your breath. Just take a little quiet time now and drop into the sensations of your body. Can you reflect on messages that your body has been trying to give you of late? You might even journal, dear beautiful body, what a blessing you are. What would you have me know? 
don't second guess the sacred teachings and wisdom of your physical body. It has a lot to offer, a lot of healing there to offer you. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you might regularly let your body decide your next right action. So reach out to me. What would that look like for you? You could message me on Instagram, although I'm not on there as regularly these days, <laughs> but I will see it. Amala Yoga Shala, A-M-A-L-A. There's a link in the show description. Or you might send me an email, amalayogashala at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts and anything that came up for you in this episode. And if you're in the Byron Shire and would love a little space to move, breathe and self-reflect, just to end the year in a really nourishing way, I still have a couple of spaces at my Gather and Restore workshop at South Golden Beach. It's on Friday the 15th, a couple of days away. And the women who've signed up are just the best. It's going to be such a nourishing way to end our year together. So visit my website, amalayoga.com.au and go to upcoming events to find out more and register if you're keen. And do not miss episode 50, our final one for the year coming up next week. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.